0: Good evening, gentlemen. Nice to have both of you here this evening, Marty. It's nice to see you again, so to speak. How are you?
1: I'm reasonably well. I do have some kind of a winter bug, shall we say. I've, other than that, I'm fine. I'm staying in. I'm social uh-huh. distancing. I'm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm washing my hands uh, regularly. Are I'm you? Are space you? for others. Uh, uh, oh, okay. I'm
1: wearing a mask whenever I do venture out, which is not very often.
0: Are you wearing a mask right now? Uh, no. No. no, because I'm I not mean, in the room. Well, that doesn't matter. I mean, you 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 probably. I mean, just to make sure, you don't want to give us COVID since we're here in the in the same podcast. So, I mean,
1: well, just uh, just to be on know, the safe side. By I'm, the way, I'm, that's I'm, actually.
0: If you think I'm being hyperbolic, that's actually happening. If you work for the American Environmental Protection Agency and you work you work virtually, yeah. they require you to wear a mask on the Zoom call when you're alone in your own home.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I've had falling out this week um, but we'll get on to that later yeah we'll get on to
0: that i want to introduce our yeah. uh, our guest uh steven you've been on with us before steve it's good to have you back thanks for being here thanks for having me on again at last <laughs> yeah, of course of course we had a little technical problem we were going to have you on last week but yes, uh yeah. we've gotten that all cleared up now so it's uh, it's good to have you here good to get your perspective on on things uh, got a lot to discuss today uh where would do you guys have any particular spot you'd like to start if not then uh i've i've got several points here we can jump right in
2: yeah, I, I was just going to say there was um, just referring to an advert I saw this evening. Um, um, I haven't seen it before. Uh, Marty, will probably correct me and say that it has already been on, but it was—it's uh, the latest one with the getting you to open your window with all the green um, sort of exhalation coming from people. Um, uh, yeah, you know, um, sort of like basically uh, given the assumption that you know everybody's infected with it. It's—it's—it's it's, it's like just more terrorizing people i think it's terrible
1: oh, oh no I've, I've not seen that one of course they're saying that you should um you know be in a well ventilated space so that is is reasonably good advice you know but it's i suppose the way it's portrayed and i haven't seen the the ad yet but i imagine there's this huge miasma exhalation from each individual is that how it's portrayed? Yeah, is it yeah, is, yeah, it, is
2: exactly it is it animated? It is. It's not animated. It's but it's it's yeah. It's like this green mist and yeah. There's probably a few you know COVID bugs in there, but it's the actual conveying that everybody is sick with or have got has got the um has got the COVID. Well, virus. I think
1: I think everybody's sick of it, not necessarily sick with it. <laughs> so that's about as far as the advert should bloody go, really. But there you well, have, I think- have it.
0: I think it kind of mirrors what uh, Bruce and I were discussing yesterday that uh, is being taken – the steps that are being taken in the U.S. And they're saying now that, oh, uh, well, it's it's not large gatherings that are the problems. It's the small intimate gatherings in your homes that are the problems. And to me, I mean, I, I hear something like that. And it's, it's – again, it's just being – it's being hyperbolic. And they're pushing up the fear because holiday season is a time to be with families. And let's be honest, that's what the attack on this is all about. They're targeting – the Western prescribed nuclear family. Isn't that uh, kind of uh, the uh, the subject that we've been discussing off and on over the various several months is that particular uh, aspect right there. And that's what they're going after. On we, top we, of that. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: Sorry. No, we have broached that subject several times. And it's those kind of dark suspicions that have caused me to fall out with a couple of people this week and i'm i'm actually going to rein back slightly from it i'm not going to say that's not what's happening but all you've got to do is look at the um the blm uh, manifesto uh which was all about breaking down the nuclear family you look at the way in which the other agendas such as agenda 2030 is seeking to make you more reliant on government rather than reliant on your family for support. So I think there is evidence out there to suggest that that is part of the plan. But whether or not we can directly link that to COVID, I couldn't 100% say for certain. However, that is my strong feeling that that is the case.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm by the way uh just a just a quick um just a quick thing on this uh Bruce is not here this evening that's why uh you the listener are wondering why uh Bruce hasn't given his usual healthy and alive also there was no morning show today because of the fact that uh Bruce is not here and I didn't realize until last night that Bruce wasn't here today, <laughs> so uh there's no morning show today that's that's why we're only doing uh, our main podcast this evening but uh anyway, getting on from that. Uh, again I, I think it's i think it's just it's what you say i think it's what you both say it's an attitude of promoting this uh, this agenda of of fear and and getting everyone to to question each other we heard something yesterday that's from this uh this scarf lady in the us dr burks uh she's saying the the one i was mentioning about the gatherings in your house that that's where this the, that's where the problems are well they're also saying that uh, or she was also up there saying that asymptomatic people could uh could even be uh, a, a spreader into your elderly family and kill your grandparents. It's already been determined that if you're asymptomatic, you don't spread it. And so it, it becomes a, an attitude that they're turning, they're turning everything inward. It's about making you a suspect in society against everyone else. And so it's about dividing people and not letting people unite and get together for the holidays and, uh, and celebrate and, and be together as a, as a family and as friends. And it's it's designed to, to keep everyone afraid from each other. And I think it's despicable. I, I really think it's despicable. You're uh, you're the lowest form of human life if you do that. You know, also one thing that, uh, and I wish GP was in here for this. GP went back and I'm going to have him on uh, sometime uh, first of the week. And I'm going to have him explain this in detail. But uh, to this point, he went back, he spent a few days and, and he went back and he actually did a death count in the United States. When I say a death count, I mean the average amount of people in the United States that die every single day and he went all the way back to 2014 and back to 2014 that was actually the highest year Uh, and we noticed that it was around 7,900 a day that were dying roughly around 2014 and the numbers have kind of stayed right around that time or right around that uh, that amount maybe a little lower. I think some of the lower ones were around uh, 7,400, something like that. These are average daily deaths in the United States until he got to 2020. And what did he find when he got to 2020? The average daily deaths in America right now, it's actually a lower average of death right now across the United States for average deaths. So why are we being so, um, uh, I guess, terrified? if that makes any sense, because everybody thinks that they're going to kill each other. And it's nothing like that. As a matter of fact, the death numbers are actually down.
1: Today, on the government briefing, um, I believe the figure was something like 14,000 new cases and uh, about 580 deaths from COVID or with COVID. I've been trying to find these figures as well. And the ONS, the Office of National Statistics, put stuff out. But you don't get hard and fast numbers. You get this rate or this percentage or this, and it's almost like they're they're not hiding the stuff, you know, the information, the data, but they're making it very, very difficult to access. You really want to put your finger on it and say, you know, the 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 survival likelihood uh, of of a COVID infection is ninety nine point seven percent because that's that's what the figures the current figures that I've managed to find add up to correct
0: that is the average um, across all age groups
1: yeah um but it's very difficult because the all these organizations that are supposed to provide the information or at, at least have websites where you'd expect to find it are making it a little bit difficult to find and and that in itself is is a bit of an alarm bell to you know to me anyway Um, but also one of the things that hancock said today he was asked about you know we've got special rules for christmas so that um up to three households can meet for christmas lunch for instance but then someone asked them about new year's eve you know uh and um he says oh oh yes if if you live in the same house of course you can see your family on new year's eve a lot more people these days you know forget Christmas as such, well, don't forget Christmas. But a lot of people have a bigger celebration for New Year's Eve than they do for Christmas, and they're simply not going to be able to have it this year under these current restrictions.
0: The other thing, you know, that- well, I, I'm sorry, I just have to step in here real quick. You know, yeah. and I'm going to make a historical reference here, and I don't mean any offense to either one of you, but um, you know, the British came to the uh, the colonists with uh, uh, some new rules, shall we say, at Concord Bridge to discuss them, and. That's all I'm going to say. Go ahead.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, But one of the things that really annoyed me, and I started to swear loudly at my phone as I was watching the government briefing, uh, was when he used the term, uh, and he was talking about the NHS, and he used the term build back better. And these little sound bites from the UN material, from the Davos material, are just creeping more and more into uh, UK politicians' mouths and they're spouting it and getting us used to it. They're desensitising us to what is coming. And that, that really, really annoyed me. Obviously, anyone listening to this that hasn't read Agenda 2030, the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, or read the World Economic Forum's Eight Predictions won't quite understand what we're talking about, but these little sound bites, these little parts of those, those two documents are creeping more and more into our politicians' mouths, and that's something to be wary of.
2: I, I, I think our, um, our only hope is Donald Trump. We need Donald Trump to stay. You I know, know that's very a- controversial, um, oh. but um, I actually found, um, at last, I found somebody who works at my department who doesn't want Biden and who said they are for Trump. So we're still hoping here that uh, he's going to get somewhere with his legal challenges.
0: You know, because guess, he he told Davos where to go, didn't he? He did, and I find it very fascinating that you bring that up. And you know what? I I would like to talk about that, uh, but I, first, before we get too far off the subject, I, and believe me, it, trust me. After this, if I don't get back to that, just jump in there and tell me tell me because <laughs> I want to talk about that. <laughs> no problem. I want to talk about London since I've got uh, both of you uh, English guys in here. I want to talk about this. London. Marty, you've talked at nauseam about the London bubbles and the way that they do things down there. And it's it's all crazy and yeah, all that stuff. But what I found fascinating since we're sitting here talking about this now, uh, they found that more Corona cases were in London at the end of the lockdown than before it started. So you have to kind of ask yourself, what was the point? The health experts that were tracking the effectiveness of their latest lockdown measures in London say that there were more COVID cases when the lockdown ended. So what was their solution to this? Well, of course, typical government fashion, it was another lockdown because that makes perfect sense, you see. So they entered the second national lockdown you guys did on November the 5th, and it was lifted and the three tier system was reintroduced on December 2nd. But that actually didn't have any impact. So less than a week after coming out of lockdown, London may be about to enter another one because there's tier three restrictions that are being uh, put in place down there because of a rise in cases. And according to the Telegraph, they say that the capital is now the second worst region in the country, just behind the West Midlands. With more than fifteen thousand people testing positive in the past week, with a rate of hundred again, here's the figures you're talking about. With a rate of one hundred and sixty nine point six per one, or yeah, per one hundred thousand people, up from one hundred and fifty point nine a month ago. What was the point of this? What why why do you think that um, that these idiots are going to continue to uh, to go after this? Well,
1: I haven't seen those figures, but of course, with the increase in the level of testing and track and trace. You are bound to get more cases. So the number of cases during um, the first set of lockdowns, when testing was particularly low and inefficient, of course you're going to get a rise if you if you test more. And bearing in mind, this is a disease that for most people you don't even know you've got it until you have a test. So. You know, you might think you've just got a cold or, or, or whatever, and you might be completely asymptomatic, but they are doing more and more testing uh, and more and more track and trace. There's the the app, and this is how ridiculous it is. Someone I know recently took their kids to Legoland in Windsor uh, and went shopping before that. And then within a few minutes of each other, both adults, um, because it, it was their kid's um birthday celebration that's why they went to Windsor but both adults got the message that they'd been near someone who has since tested positive so now they're self isolating and that's just an app they've not gone and had a test or anything but i bet you they're being counted in those figures and that's done from bluetooth off your phone it tells you who it, it can trace who you've been near by Bluetooth. So if that person has got the app. Well, they had to be in 10 meters. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it is getting a, a little bit ridiculous. Of course, they're tested more. So therefore, there are going to be more cases. So they can get statistics to prove anything. You know, the old saying, lies, damn lies and statistics. So when they're looking at how many people are being tested and how many cases are being identified by that testing, I would say they are almost certainly going to see a rise everywhere across the country,
2: not just London. And of course, Marty as well. The um, we were discussing this this afternoon when we were setting up the, the sound check. I did did check on the um, on. I think it was on the um, ONS site, but uh, we are doing the tests at forty amplifications, which Dr. Fauci said anything above. Is it 30 or 35? They're totally 30's unreliable.
0: You, yeah, thirties where you, you should be testing at.
2: Uh, well, I think, I think the NHS are doing 40. As far as I've read, what I read today, and it was changed on, or oh, this was October the 20th, they're doing 40 amplifications. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, like I believe you were saying the other day, what's happened to the flu? Nobody's getting any flu anymore. I, I just don't believe it. I don't believe all this, what is coming out. Our deaths, as far as I know, are not too are fairly around the average. Um and if they are redesignate redesignated, which they still are doing, I can't I don't want to mention it too much because it's sort of like a but it, it was a family member of mine, um, that they lost somebody. And uh two months later, basically quick story here is uh they they'd been tested negative. They had terminal uh leukemia. They were tested negative when they went into hospital, but two months later the widow was informed that it was COVID death. So they're, they're still doing it. And if they're doing that for one, per, you know, that's one person I know. So how many people are they doing that for across the country?
1: Yeah, and yeah. Scotland recently, they've put figures out saying that during the first lockdown that they identified the strain of of COVID or something along those lines. Since the second lockdown, they've said that these the the majority of infections that have come across the border, about 61% have come from England with people crossing the border going north, so many from Asia, so many from Europe, and so on. But they're saying that they're they're different, they're genetically different, these infections. So what they're saying is it's a mutated coronavirus, not necessarily COVID-19, which could be, of course, the seasonal flu. The thing that happens to us every year and the flu jab itself, GP being an expert in the field did explain that they tried to, to the, the annual flu jab, not the COVID vaccine, but the annual flu jab contains material to help us fight off the most common strains. But of course it's a virus or a, a type of virus that can mutate very, very quickly so that it's never 100% successful. So where I'm, where I'm trying to go with this is you're getting stuff reported via mainstream media news saying this has happened and that has happened, but no one is giving any credence to the concept that it might be seasonal flu that's causing these spikes. Uh, did, did have you had the flu jab, Marty, this year? Uh, no, no, not not this year. I haven't. I haven't been out. I've been working from home. I am there, entitled to the jab for free and I could yeah. go and get it, but I I've, I've not had it. But do you have it most years? No. I've only had it two years. The 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 previous two years I've I've had the jab um and I've managed to survive perfectly well without it up till now.
2: See, I've had it I've had it for obviously working for the NHS, had it for several years um on the trot, but this year I didn't have it because um, I mean I'm now probably being called an anti-vaxxer as well, but I didn't have it this year because of the lack of trust, because of all what things we've discussed, you know, and and also fact if that was a contributory factor to pushing the numbers up for because it's detecting, you know, people are having the flu jab and people are going for these uh, PCR tests and it's detected in absolutely anything, and and then you've you're um, you, you you've got COVID nineteen. Um, yeah, I, and, think, um, I think we, that we that might be. Just,
1: sorry, I, I think that no, might be on, part of my reluctance as well because. I'm pretty sure that when you go for your flu jab, you're probably tested for COVID at the same time. And one of the people that I I had a a frank exchange of views about my stance on all of this uh, accused me of well, basically said it's like buying tickets for the Titanic just to prove there are not enough life rafts. Um, yeah, that's that's <laughs> you know that that's quite a clever pithy little thing to say. Yeah, but I like that. That's, I like yeah, that. but that's that that's not how. That's not how we are. No, not you know, at we, all. We,
0: it, well, and I mean, we're not anti vaxxers. We're not, not anti vaxxers. Absolutely either. not. Absolutely you know? not. I, we I'm just for don't trust this one. Yeah. I'm for I'm for vaccines. I mean, hell, I, I've been vaccinated I was vaccinated as a kid. Granted, it wasn't for all this stuff that they vaccinate for now. I mean, I, it was a different time then, but you know, I, I believe in the science of vaccines, just as you say, but not this one. Uh, you you don't just you don't hype up all this fear based on the the stuff that we can actually look through. That's literally right there in front of you. The information's there. All you have to do is go find it. It's literally right there. And all of a sudden, now there's this this cure all vaccine that's that's going to be the most successful that's ever been created. It's got a ninety to ninety five percent, depending on which one you get, success rate. But yet, it's got to be kept. At minus seventy degrees Celsius before it's administered, and then Uh, yeah, and then on top of that, it's got they're saying that it's got a one hundred percent efficacy rate. And and GP himself said that's just not possible. That that is not possible. And so the the fear, on top of that, the ninety percent is not possible either. It's it's very clever how they're actually doing that. They're taking your own immune response and they're stacking it on top of what the effectiveness would be, which is about forty percent. And that they're they're smashing the two numbers together. So. In reality, you've actually got a better chance of developing a resistance to it without one. Very similar so, to the
2: flu, though, Johnny, isn't it? The 40 percent,
0: 46
2: percent, whatever, is, is is the efficacy of a, of a flu. Uh,
0: exactly. You know? Exactly.
2: Yeah. But, but then you, you talk about, you know, the old vaccines that we all had, um, but i know i believe in america you i don't know if they do it in this country now as well but they're given um youngsters the hpv vaccine how oh, ridiculous is that why would they need it why would they need it it's absolutely ridiculous to be given maybe at a later age yeah sure but but not not as a child not at all
1: mm-hmm. no that's got a much more sinister yeah, implication that that we we probably don't want to talk about right now but um as far as inoculations and, and pre-treatments are concerned, I don't think there were many people who had gone under as many inoculations and pretreatments as those of us that fought in the first Gulf War. We were given everything
0: going. You All even, kinds of, yeah, you we even had the anthrax that, one. I was going to say you took the anthrax one, which, by the way, uh, that turned out to be something different than what it was. Uh, go on. That that, that was – well. The- was a whole the, thing behind it. it.
1: Yeah, the one of the worst side effects came from the nerve agent pretreatment tablets and most of us stopped taking them. We took them for a while, but we we stopped taking them and um I think those that what's the word persevered with them were the ones that suffered most from what came to be known as Gulf War syndrome. Lots of unexplained neurological and other physical ailments that there there seemed no other explanation for than it came from the cocktail of inoculations and other drugs that we were taking. And and they were largely untested uh, or not tested to the degree that other medicines for general release are because everyone was convinced that Saddam Hussein was going to use chemical weapons against the coalition forces. Uh, He didn't. Probably because he didn't have them, so we took what we were told to take. But after a while, most of us stopped taking the naps, the nerve agent pretreatment treatment tablets, because they they were making us feel ill almost straight away. Mm-hmm.
2: Consumed a lot there, then Marty. You you really did have a lot of um, yeah. What what you really shouldn't have been consuming in your body um the with with various things when you when you were in the um when you were in the forces.
1: Yeah uh, and and, 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 yeah. and we just did it because we were told we had to have it. There was no choice. It wasn't like oh I don't want this. I'm going back down down <laughs> to the mess deck. It was don't you sleeve up sunshine, you're having it. Yeah. So um and they've played down in the last few days, they've played down this idea of compulsory vaccinations, but
0: because the adverse reactions, saying, yeah, yeah. But what they are, there were adverse reactions, but um. Yeah. Well, those it's and if they start pushing it uh, as hard as what they were initially saying, because it, look, let, let's be honest, this is untested. And we found out last night through the uh, uh, through the release that Pfizer didn't even report the FDA actually reported it. that six people in their trials. And I mean, you can take this for what it is. It's a vaccine trial. Six people in their trials died. And four of the people out of the six were placebo recipients.
1: So four out of the six that died had the, um, placebo. had the placebo. Yeah. So, but but of course they had to be infected with COVID nineteen. So, um,
0: well, as some of them died of, the of trial. Yeah, but some of them had a, some of them died of a heart attack. Some of them died of like blood clots, and uh, two yeah. of them were stroke. And yeah, it was
1: yeah yeah.
0: But what they are saying,
1: you know, the government briefing today is that they don't know if after you've had the vaccine if you can still pass it on to someone else. So that's why they're still advocating that everybody gets vaccinated, although it won't be compulsory. And they have said publicly that there will be none of these things like freedom passes or vaccination passes, but, you know, a government can change his mind, its mind overnight. Well, they, they
0: can't because of the allergies. If They're already saying, the UK government is already saying that anyone that has uh, severe severe Uh, allergy or allergic reactions they're already saying don't take it but at that point you're going to split society immediately you're going to start segregation immediately so what the people that have severe and adverse reactions that cannot take it they're all of a sudden not going to be able to go anywhere how are they going to be able to justify that without a backlash from population
1: well there, there is no way they can justify it but on day one i'm not sure how many people were vaccinated on day one but at least two NHS staff, which should have been fairly, if not young, they should have been fairly healthy and, and be able to cope with the vaccine, went into anaphylactic shock. Now, there's all kinds of mediums on which the culture is grown that they they use to create the vaccines. And a lot of people have got um, a high allergic reaction to egg yolks. And an egg yolk is used quite a lot inside the, the production of, of, of vaccines.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, that they've rushed this through so fast that they haven't even had time to announce that kind of information. And people who are desperately needed to look after people with all kinds of ailments were some of the first to be vaccinated. And, and two of them, anaphylactic shock can kill. It didn't in this case because obviously they were being monitored and observed and they were probably already in a hospital. So I, I think, is that is it Antropine that they used to take you uh, out they, of-
0: had, they had EpiPens that, that they hit them with immediately after they, uh, they yeah. went into shock.
1: Yeah, so, uh, you know, thank goodness for that. But I don't want to be accused of doing what we know that governments are doing, which is this, this fear message. If this is a, a viable vaccine that works, then people should take it but I am incredibly sceptical about how safe it is for people with allergies. And we've discussed in the past about the fact that when, for some people, when they have a vaccine, if they go on to actually get the disease that the vaccine is to guard against, they have a far worse reaction to it. And um, that's, that's the bit that concerns me.
2: And of course, with the how quickly it's been developed, you haven't got the uh, the long term possible effects of it. Um, you know, they haven't had a chance to be assessed. Um, uh, what is it the, the the quickest one or the you know minimum of seven years? Seven we rushed this one out in what ten months? Yeah, it's just incredible. But just on that subject of, but taking into account the the vaccines and what happened at the last vote, um, talking about Graham Brady earlier on. And the look that Boris Johnson gave Graham Brady when he got up and said he was going to oppose the uh, the new tier system, or sorry, the old tier system, but the strengthened tier system, it was just incredible. I think it was the same the same um, day that Desmond Swain got up and spoke, and you just think that you know Boris is 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 deeply involved in um i mean there's talk about him going in may or going next year sometime but because the job doesn't pay enough for him to keep all his kids um you know in good manner but uh I, i'm very interested to know what's going to happen on the 16th i believe they're having another vote um as regards you know where we go from the tier system
0: 16 16th, 16th of this month i thought it was the 16th of this month have i got that wrong well, no, that that's interesting because I, I spoke to uh, Marty. You and I have a uh, have a, a common friend in uh, uh, in Leicester, and they said that they. I was speaking to him the other day, and he said that he spoke to the mayor directly, and they assured him that the entire city of Leicestershire would be open one hundred percent by the sixteenth of December.
1: Uh, yeah, so so basically, I, th- I think what that that means is that there is going to be another a, a, another vote amongst the government amongst the MPs about any further lockdowns and the uh, you know maintaining the tier system but most people are under the impression that for christmas uh, or the you know the christmas period that the tier restrictions are going to be lifted yeah, I I haven't, I've got, I think, I've got nothing
0: hard and fast on that. I, I think that they all just need to end anyway. The World Health Organization, uh, well, part of it, uh, there's a war going on within the World Health Organization. You've got a good faction in there and you've got a faction in there that is is all for this. But apparently one of the factions that are in the World Health Organization have come out today and said that they are pleading with national governments to stop these lockdowns because it's causing... Uh, starvation in the third world. We don't have our exports going. We don't have the World Food Program running. Nothing. Nothing is moving. Everything is stopping. And and their concern is that they're creating a bigger problem uh, outside of, uh, of our borders as opposed to uh, and of course, they're creating a bigger problem inside of them as well. But uh, what they're doing is going to have a, a larger impact uh, and a larger implication. And this goes to the bigger point of uh, people that uh, that are out there like the World Economic Forum. This is what they want. They want those uh, the, those countries outside of where we are to collapse so they can collapse them into us. It's about collapsing the third world into the first. That's what it's all about. And then they'll blame climate change. They'll say, oh, look, those ecosystems have collapsed. These are all climate refugees. We have to take them. That's what this is all about.
2: Then that's a whole other debate. I mean, I, I, I've i had previous discussions on here about climate change. I'm not denying the climate doesn't change, but the effect that man has on is, is minuscule. Um, you've only got to go back to the Ah, uh, medieval warm ages. We had the mini ice age, and then we were going into another warm period again. Mm. Um, I, I think we don't give Mother Nature um, enough credence to sort it out herself, really. <laughs> well,
1: the, she kind of does. Some of the naturally occur occurring droughts and famines happen because of changing weather patterns. But those those changing weather patterns kind of happen in a cycle. One of the areas that you know i'm no climate change activist but the deforestation of the amazon you've got countries that are poor they haven't got uh they might have oil but not as much as other countries and getting it out of the ground means that actually usually they have to call someone in like shell or bp or aramco or whoever to to get that oil out where it comes to brazil who have recently um stood against the vaccine, as far as I'm aware. The the um, Yes, Bolsonaro is uh, against it. Yeah. So something I'd like to see happen is the, I think it's something like 4.8 billion a year on average that goes to China from the UK as aid. Why do we need to give foreign what? aid? Yes, yeah, to the world's fastest growing economy, the UK, still pays it's still part of the foreign aid budget I would rather see that money diverted to Brazil and given as proper aid to um the poorer people of Brazil which is has got a huge population so it, it does you know it and might only be poor a, it might only be a drop in the ocean but I'd rather see that happen and then reduce the amount of logging in the uh, in the rainforest for hardwoods because they need to make some some money somehow. You know, they, they need to to create a GDP somehow. And it's not fair for the rest of the world to say you mustn't cut down the, the Amazon, or sort of cut down the rainforest, unless they are providing a worthwhile and meaningful alternative. And if that nice. means that the rest of the world has to club together to make sure that the people of Brazil have got something to eat so they don't have to cut down the
2: lungs of the world. Then I think that's the right thing to do. Oh yeah, carbon capture is yeah yeah. I mean that, that that is that's great. All well, totally agree with you. But there is also the other thing that we, if you go back, we were burning coal, and if you go back to the bad winters this of this last century, you know we 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 all this clean air. Well, apart from China and maybe India and other places, but uh, there's been changes where if you look back and and if you look at what um, Kilgates is, you know got money invested in possibly doing kill gates um, I, I like that kill gates it, it kind of you know i think something about so the sun's rays don't get so you know um into the atmosphere is that something they're gonna uh spray um uh, spray something to to like blot out the sun sun's rays to to reduce the climate uh, yeah the temperature? yeah um, so
1: all that previous industrial release of uh, of carbon into the atmosphere that actually was cut back on and we stopped using coal we stopped using all kinds of fossil fuels shortly after that we had all this fuss about the hole in the ozone layer and how the sun is going to kill us because its rays are too strong and now they've gone full cycle again kill gates is is contemplating uh, seeding the atmosphere with some kind of chemical that's, you yeah, know, particle that that screens us from the sun's rays. Is that that's what you're saying? Yeah, yeah,
2: that's what I'm saying. And there's also if you go back to the 70s, they were they were worried we were going to go into another ice age. So it's climate terrorism, as far as I'm concerned. I think yes, we do, uh, we shouldn't be chopping down. Or Brazil should be chopping down that you know all the rainforests and everything. But uh, you know, at the end of the day. What little bit we can do in this country is is, is you know I, I don't think it's the it's the main factor I think it's the natural cycle we're going through and um, yes we can do our best to change things we need to change things with regards fossil fuels um i mean the oil will run out eventually but um electric cars i don't think are the answer
0: (laughs) no and regardless of what we do it doesn't matter what we do it's it's negated by what happens in in china and and india as well so it, it doesn't matter we can sit here and we can make changes all day long but the fact is is that those two countries are not regulated they're not bound by the same agreements or, or any any such things like that so they don't have to change we're the ones that have to readjust and as we readjust and we become deindustrialized and all this stuff and we get uh, our stuff moved over and we're forced to take all these ridiculous things that don't work and are broken all the time and and you have to rebuy them and uh, all the all the things that it creates in the meantime such as all these solar panels that you manufacture that then become outdated and you can no longer use them, you can't recycle that. That's not recyclable. And the same thing with uh, with batteries. You go through and you, you create all of these batteries. Well, the batteries become useless. Well, then that becomes more wasteful. And so these are not reusable products. They're actually creating more harm to the environment than what we're supposedly saving. Same thing with a Toyota Prius, or what we call a Prius, but by the time you actually purchase one of those things because you're so trendy, you're saving the environment, the thing's already circumnavigated the globe nearly twice. And so... Uh, By the time you actually have one of these things, more damage to the environment has been done manufacturing the thing than what it's supposed to help you save and and feel good about yourself when you actually buy one. And so I think it all cancels itself out. They talk about carbon neutral. None of this stuff that we're being told that is is the future that we're going to accept is carbon neutral at all. It's actually more detrimental to uh, to the environment.
2: Yeah, uh,
1: if we had our our um, lightning fast on the keyboard, Bruce here he'd probably look this up for us. But I think I remember reading that the Earth actually flips poles um, about every 150,000 years. And of course, that's a slow process, but it means that some parts of the planet will wind up with more ice and other parts wind up with more sun. As slowly but surely, the Earth changes its axis, which is, I think the last time it happened was probably about, hundred and thirty thousand years ago, so it's mm-hmm. a process that's going to happen over the next twenty thousand years i'm I'm just guessing here, but I know it happens i i I haven't got uh accurate figures of the time scales, but it's it's something that happens to the earth. however, when you've got somewhere you know I hate to harp on about the point, but when you've got somewhere like Brazil with all of that rainforest that covers a great degree of the country which is being cut down. To feed the West's, you know, the, the the rest of the Western and developed world's desire for hardwoods, mahogany, uh, and and those kind of things, they, they need to be helped because there's, there's no way you can say stop doing that because it means thousands will starve, maybe millions will starve. So the rest of the world does have to do something, but we don't have to go to the extent that the World Economic Forum are suggesting or the Sustainable Development Goals are suggesting, which takes everything away from us uh, and gives it to the developing world. So something has to be done, but not their extremes. All right.
2: Um- yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't want to be um, – I certainly don't want to be eating weeds, but uh- – just on a funny note, I I, I had to, I did myself a corned beef hash tonight. And that was actually from Brazil, so I've kind of helped them out a little bit today, anyway. <laughs> yeah, but of course, it's
1: all that beef production on the um, uh, what are they called the pampas or, or the you know their their version of plains the the Green New Deal and everyone is getting really upset about because of the oh, yes. amount of yes. carbon emissions from the yeah, cow.
0: It, go ahead and make your uh, go ahead and finish your point there I want to get into uh, uh, the election stuff and and Trump here uh, with you guys because again we that was like thirty minutes ago
1: <laughs> yeah I
0: changed the subject we can talk for England because we're English
1: no I'm done thank you okay no it was just um, I
2: right. was I was just, just going to say I'm um, just going to ask Marty something um. So are you now converted to masks out of doors all the time? No, only when going into a shop. Oh, okay. I, 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 sorry, I, I misunderstood what you said earlier on.
1: No, I only, only, only when I am forced to wear it. Um, right, okay. <laughs> the, the funny thing was the other day someone I know took their elderly mother um, to the hospital for a, a CAT scan and then they went to the shops afterwards and she is a very vulnerable person. And she wore a mask, but the mask doesn't stop you catching it. It stops you spreading it. It really doesn't stop you catching it. But she doesn't even. Of,
2: sorry, yeah. Go. I was just going to say, even though that I mean uh, the guidelines at work, I mean, um, I, I've actually I'm, I'm actually exempt because um, I've said that it causes me basically stress, and I basically wear a mask for a CPAP machine because I've got you know obstructive sleep apnea. So I don't want to be wearing a mask during the day as well so i've got away with it but but what i'm saying is that it's called ppe personal protective equipment and um, the guidelines are that the cloth masks are no good either way and the, the ones the, the the um the medical ones you're supposed to change every couple of hours so and that is why people are possibly being infected with bacteria um bacterial but pneumonia um all sorts of infections um So I am very anti-mask still and will remain. so.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it just surprised me that this elderly, quite vulnerable person who hasn't been out for quite a while um, wore a mask because they don't actually have to. And if anyone challenges the fact that they're not wearing a mask, they're breaking the law. Um, There is things you can print off and have in your purse, wallet, or whatever that says, I'm exempt. But they're not compulsory to have those. Um, if someone challenges you about wearing a mask and they ask you to leave the premises, they're breaking the law. Yeah. So I mean, I um, call
2: them Marty the Star of David badge. Well, the, the, the,
1: <laughs> there's there's other badges <laughs> that they that the Nazis made people wear well, as well. Well,
2: or maybe the pink yeah, there triangle. Were many. Perhaps, yeah, you know? there were many. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly.
0: All right, no, uh, you're
1: not you're wrong. Okay, Johnny. Sorry.
0: Oh No, you're fine. I want to. Uh, I want to spend a few minutes here on uh, on the election. So, okay, here's what's going on. Uh, and I don't know what you guys are being told, but I would imagine it's not much uh, in your in your media over there. Well, here's what's happening right now. Uh, and this has been developed in the last uh, 24 hours. The media is saying essentially that oh, it's over, and you're probably you guys are probably hearing the word safe harbor. That's probably the word that you're being told now, safe harbor. Well, that's completely false. What they're doing is they're saying, well, it's over. It's it's completely over. And so what's happened? What's happened in the last couple of weeks? Well, Rudy Giuliani and the legal team that have been going around appealing to these states, uh, to the state legislatures, guess what? Well, they all magically came down with COVID. They had to be put away and isolated. Hmm well, then there's not going to be any any hearings anymore, is there? And of course, every state legislature that they were at, of course, they can't hear any more cases now because, well, they all have to shut down just out of an abundance of precaution, you see. And so uh, all of that has now transpired. And of course, everyone's been released from hospitals and all that stuff. I mean, they were just just so happens they were all asymptomatic. So that, was, that had taken place. Well, what's happened now? The state legislatures and the courts have been throwing out these cases. They're saying, oh, there's nothing here. There's nothing here. And they're scared of being doxed, harassed and the violence from BLM and Antifa. That's what it's come down to. The re- You want to know why the Republican Party in America is not fighting for the fraud that's happened in this election is because of that right there. They sit in on a, a radio talk show or they. Sorry, what? What What'd you say? Sorry, I just said terrible. That's, that's Oh, yeah, that's it is terrible. Yeah, it is terrible. So they sit in on a radio talk show and angry voters, both Republican and Democrat, call in and say, why are you not fighting for this? Why on earth are you not fighting for this? And they're scared. They're scared. They they say, well, we, we didn't sign up for this. This, this is not what um, this is not what we want. We don't want to put our families at risk. Listen here, Jack, you're in that office to fight for the American people. You're in there to fight for the Constitution. No one said that this was going to be a free ride. No one said it was going to be easy. You don't get elected to office and then put your feet up. You fight for it. That's what it's all about. And so you've got a cow Republican Party that will do nothing. And so what's happened now that you're not really hearing about? The state of Texas, Texas to the rescue, right? Texas is riding out to fix this problem. The state attorney general in Texas, Braxton, he is now. ...filed suit against the Supreme Court of the United States, against the following states, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Georgia, because they have illegally changed the regulations and the rules of the votes outside of the state legislature, the state legislature are the only people that can change the rules and the regulations of a vote. And they didn't do that. They arbitrarily came out and did it two days before the election or a day before the election in the state. In the the case of Pennsylvania, they changed it at like 10 o'clock the night before. And just so coincidentally, with all of the mail-in ballots and all of the the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, absentee ballots and chains of custody and all of that stuff, just so happens the secretary of state in those states have been so gracious to lift the of custody stipulations on those Dropbox locations for those mail-in ballots on January 19th at 11:59 p.m. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Of course, inauguration day is is one minute after that, and so of course, unless you can file suit simultaneously in all those states within 60 seconds, uh, you're not going to be able to uh, to do anything to to have any kind of an appeal. So what's happened? As Texas has filed that lawsuit. You now have at this time, you have 19 other states that have jumped on board with this lawsuit. Attorney generals in Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, South Dakota, Montana, Idaho, Utah, Arizona, Florida, Louisiana, Arkansas, Missouri, Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, Mississippi, Alabama, South Carolina and West Virginia are all on board with suing those other four states to have their votes thrown out. So if you have those four states thrown out, if you have Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania and Georgia thrown out, what happens? What happens? No one has 270 electoral votes at that point. And so it goes. You're left with no government. No, that's not true. That's not true. This is all the Constitution lays this out. So what happens? You have the states then get to choose, as in they get to pick in the House of Representatives, but they don't get 435 votes. They get 50. That's all they get. So the House, of Representatives des- the House of Representatives determines who the next president will be. Uh, and that's how we do it. And at the current time, there are more red states than there are blue states in the U.S. And so this is, uh, in my opinion, this is what it's going to come down to. Now, there is a nuclear option here, and I would prefer that that not be taken. But uh, at this point, I'm, I'm almost all in favor for it because of uh, because of what we're looking at here. If Joe Biden illegally takes office in the United States of America, you can forget four years from now. There won't be a four years from now. And if they take that Senate election, because you've got Loeffler and Purdue down there that will not fight for this. So people aren't going to show up to vote. That's what's going to happen. So they're going to steal it in Georgia, just like they did before. And so they will take those two Senate seats. They will have control of the Senate. They'll have control of the house. They'll have the executive all through fraud, all open, naked fraud, They'll have stolen it out there in front of everybody. At, and at that Jeez. point, they will push for D.C. statehood. They will split California. They'll grab six more Senate seats. They'll push for Puerto Rico statehood, Guam statehood. They'll pack the court, and that's the end of it. You're done. It'll never happen. It, it'll never happen that a Republican will be e- elected ever again, let alone a constitutionalist or any of that type. And so that's the she situation that's no happening. Hope, I'm saying that if. If the nuclear option, if this, if this lawsuit right here, if this doesn't stop, if this doesn't stop, and if this doesn't neutralize that fraud, then there's one other option. Uh, there's a nuclear option. And I would prefer that that not be taken, but it's on the table. And Trump is well within his legal right to do it. Uh, and the question is, is whether he will do it or not, because if it happens, then you're going to be looking at probably the most complex situation we've ever had since the American Civil War. Uh, and, and it's, and here's the other thing.
1: What is, what is
0: that nuclear option? Are you talking about secession? No, no, the nuclear option. Well, and it may come to that eventually at some point, but the nuclear option here is for Trump to to come out and declare martial law. Uh, and he's well within his legal right to do so. And at that point, uh, the constitution is then suspended and the president of the United States can de facto become a dictator and... At that point, he will mobilize the military, and this problem will be cleaned up. Now, here's the problem to that. Do you set—because this is exactly what Abraham Lincoln did. So it's it's not like it's never been done before, but you know what happened as a result of that. The Constitution gets set aside, and you do what you need to do to, to clean this up. And when I say clean this up, I mean you have to take it all down. All of All of this corruption has to be cleaned out. You've got to go after all the politicians on both sides— They've all got to go. Academia has got to get cleaned out. Entertainment's got to get cleaned out. You have to seize the media. You have to seize the tech companies, all of it. It's all got to go. Uh, and if you don't do that, and, and, and again, I'm sitting here talking dictatorially, but like I said, it's well within the president's right to do exactly what I'm saying. If you don't do this, then you're not going to, in four years, you're not going to have a country left. Uh, that's that's where the US is at right now.
1: Yeah, but and it's exactly that option that libertarians people who believe in freedom would not want it it would be horrendous but it's only if they realize what's coming from the democrats if they you know if biden takes office and the changes that will be made and yeah i think you're right there it will be a very very long time before another republican is elected to any office because in my opinion, they've demonstrated, the Dem- Democrats have demonstrated an absolute willingness to win at any cost, by any means, including electoral fraud. And so far, they appear to be getting away with Well, thank goodness for Texas and the others that are standing up with Texas to, um, you know, to put these lawsuits through. Let's hope there is a, a, a real good outcome from it. I just hope it's given the chance. But Politicians on both sides of both colours of red and Mm -hmm. blue Mm -hmm. have both claimed about death threats just from different sources. It's the useful idiots, again, that are being rabble-roused to win this fight for the real um, puppet masters that we've spoken about ad nauseum. Just like um, the two MPs that, you know, Boris got... Gave the look to that guy who was speaking, and then you know, Mr. Swain. They are how, how can I put this? Just like Boris is thinking about going, they're probably thinking about going as well. But they're 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 just having their last final say before they capitulate to what they think they can't fight against. And if Boris is is thinking about leaving the the role of prime minister because he's not earning enough. Uh, It's probably because as a bit player, he's already performed the part that the New World Order wants him to perform. So now it's time to move on, get away,
2: get out of the firing line. So my question is to both of you, do you think Boris will be there at the end of next year as Prime Minister? It's been his
1: lifelong dream to be Prime Minister. He's got there, but I think hes it's unusual, not unusual, it's laughable that one of the oldest sayings that I've ever heard of is, may you live in, in interesting times? And that's actually an old Chinese curse. It doesn't mean, I hope you have an interesting life. It means your life is going to be difficult because of all the challenges that are that, that are going to be put in front of you. And I think Boris is bitten off more than he can chew. And as a result, he sided he I'm I'm convinced he's he's decided to go the way that the new world order wants.
0: Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with that. I think that um, he's uh, he's look, there's nothing more that he can do. He can't regain that trust that he's broken with uh, with the people that that voted for him that are now experiencing uh, all of these uh, these flip flopping ideas that uh, that he's put down because of uh, because of Brexit. I happen to believe and this is just my opinion. I happen to believe that you guys are being smacked the hardest in this because you were the latest ones to uh, to pull away from the system. When you elect someone like Donald Trump, when you elect someone like Boris Johnson based on get it done and Brexit, you're chinking away at their armor. They don't like that. And honestly, I, I think that um, it's, it's the same with uh, with anybody uh, that betrays your own people. Uh, Donald Trump hasn't done that. You can say what you want about him, but he hasn't done that. He stood tall. All these people that have done this, that have turned their uh, turned their back and not fought for their people, Boris Johnson included, they're not going to get that trust back. They're they're not going to get that um, that credibility back in the eyes of their people. And so they're going to have to go now, whether that's riding off into the sunset or, or, or whatever. But um, yeah, they're they're going to be uh, they're going to they they've had their their fun in the sun, and now they're going to get kicked loose. Uh, they're going to get paid out handsomely, and they'll they'll disappear. And so uh, that's that's his job. He'll broker the. Um, the deal with uh, whatever it was, uh, uh, the EU with uh, Van Delaney he sat in a three-hour meeting with her yesterday, and he'll he'll get that done, deal or no deal or whatever, and then he'll move on. And so by next year, now nah, he'll be a lame duck. He'll be out of there. And then, of course, it'll be someone else come up and uh, and take his place. Yep. Yeah.
1: Dear, um, dear old Maggie, her legacy was the Falklands conflict. You know, that, that was her war. And I would, I think... I'm sorry to have to say this, but I think I'd rather Boris took us to war than make a really hazardous and detrimental exit from the EU, his legacy. I don't think he's done enough. I think if we'd have gone out when we said we were going to go out, we would be in a much stronger position by now. And he's looking for a legacy. He's looking for something where he'll be remembered. He's got all those... Dozens of children that that are his legacy, but he is not really all that concerned about them as being what his mark left on the earth. He wants a legacy as a prime minister, and I think he'll get that, but it may be at our cost. I I wish he'd have gone to war with someone instead, uh, and and that would have been a, a more acceptable legacy than a bad leaving deal with the EU is.
2: Yeah, I was going to say you mentioned Maggie. I mean, at the end of the day, the only reason her downfall was the poll tax or the, the community charge. Had she not have introduced that, I dare say she would have got another term.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're you're probably right. It turned every every um, well, it consolidated the Labour vote, didn't
2: it? It um, was it Kinnock who came in after her. I know oh, we major, major just main, but um, um, yeah, but that was only just, wasn't it? It was a, it was a close, a very close election. Oh, and it, right. was, yeah, it yeah, Probably yeah. should have been Labour, and then obviously we had um, Tony Blair in '97, and
1: uh, yeah, beg your pardon. And so know. it went on, yeah, <laughs> and they that's that's what they want. Ronald Reagan, for instance, I think it was Reagan. Him and Maggie were great mates, but um, his legacy. Was supposed to have been the space laser defense system.
2: Um, Star Wars, yeah, yeah. Basically,
1: was he the president when the Grenada crisis happened? And they, yes. they must,
2: yeah. yes, he was, yeah. Uh, and
1: and it, it, it's, um, I don't know whether it was Hollywood having a dig, but the um, the film um, Heartbreak Ridge with Clint Eastwood. And it showed, you know, the, the invasion and recapture of Grenada from these Hispanic communist uh, soldiers that had taken over the American um, university there. It was such a pitiful, small, tiny little war. But these are the things that politicians want as their legacies. They they want to be remembered. It is narcissism that drives them. And I think Trump, Donald has he, he is a narcissist he, he displays all the traits he's better however, believe he is <laughs> yeah 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 however in all of this i think he has played a straight bat to use a um cricketing phrase i think and i don't he, think he's
0: he's not done yet he's not well, i done hope yet. not i hope not remember I, I something remember. about remember something about donald trump just a quick thing on him all of his siblings Everyone in his family, they stopped playing board games with him by the time they reached their teens. Do you know why they stopped playing board games with him? Because you can have a bad loser, but I think he was a bad winner. <laughs> he would never lose. He yeah, would outsmart yeah. all of them. And he is playing their hes playing their game, and he's beating the hell out of them, and they don't like it. And the, the most important thing to understand about him is, and this is in his book, Art of the Deal, he looks like he's losing all the way up until the end. And what is he doing right now? He looks like he's losing all the way up until the very end until he wins.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're playing poker and you want the other guy to go all in...
0: And that's what they've he, done. You, yeah, you, you we want, need to, you want to we appear need to, to know. be bluffing. Yeah, it, it, we need to know how bad it is and how much out in the open they're going to do it. On top of that, we need to know who the sellouts on the Republican side are. And we're seeing that now, aren't we? Yeah, the
1: ones that won't stand up and fight. Yep, those those yep. ones.
0: They're are, done. This is their last. Yeah. This is their last political uh, political job. They'll never work in politics again. They're finished. All right, we're out of time, gentlemen. Is there anything else that either one of you wanted to discuss this evening?
2: I was just going to say, Johnny, when you said about you know um, possibly there'll never be a, a Republican president again, or you know it um, will go more towards a Democrat. It's amazing how things have changed. If you go back and look at the map. When I can't remember whether it was when Reagan got in the first time or if it was the second time, it was literally the whole country was Republican. The yep. whole of the uh, whole of the USA was Republican. So it just shows how things can change um, over history. Um, you know, over the course of time.
0: Yeah, and there were a lot more electoral votes back then. You had five hundred and something last uh, during that time, and uh, this time you've only got four hundred and something, I think, uh, total. And so I, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but uh, they've changed the electoral votes, and that, uh, some things have changed about the electoral process since then. And obviously, all the uh, the stuff that's mixed in with this one now, uh, with all of the uh, the fraud around it, and the the mail in stuff, and the voting machines, and everything, it's just it, it's an absolute mess. So uh, yeah. Anyway, for those of you who have not, and you'd like to, please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parler. Love getting all of your likes, your echoes, your comments, your upvotes. You can follow me over there at Anderson 3 or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us and you don't want to do it on social media, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at at dynamicindependence.com. and we would humbly ask you to pass us along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow our audience here as much as possible, but we do need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass us along, we would appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts, with the exception of SoundCloud. Marty, do you want to say anything?
1: Yeah, I would like to just say one thing. We talk on here amongst friends and we allow each other respect um this is a plea again so that we don't become an echo chamber where we just hear our own thoughts if anyone wants to uh come onto these podcasts with a different point of view with a different perspective we would love to have you on uh and we will promise you a respectful chance to say what you want to say at the same time we might challenge what you say, but it will be done in a respectful manner. So, anyone who wants to come on, if you have got something to
0: say, drop Johnny a line. Here, here. Very well said, sir. So, see, I stopped right in the middle of my outro, even though I can't see you today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well,
1: like I say, I've had a few discussions with people. Do you remember when we did the room one hundred and one, where one of my things I, that I want yes. to get rid
0: of uh, was I, I, Lane? Yeah. I did, and I, I've also had requests from a, a few listeners this week that we need to get on it and we need to do one uh, again. So that yeah. they, need, they need a laugh. So we need to put that together in the coming days. But
1: where one of the things I wanted to get rid of was lazy memes. And I've seen a lot of lazy memes on Facebook just lately, and I've challenged people on them because basically they're using the ad hominem argument against... <laughs> The sceptics, and they're calling us conspiracy theories, theorists. Well, there's enough evidence out there now to suggest that this conspiracy that we're worried about is real. So that's that's why I want uh, people with a different perspective and we can have a good chat about it rather
0: than just post lazy memes. It's a great idea. Uh, I want to thank both of you for sitting down this evening. I didn't do that before I started all this, but uh, thank you both for being here tonight. Steve, thanks for coming back. Uh, Be happy to have you back again uh, as soon as possible. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. For those of you who are rating podcasts, we would humbly ask you to give us a rating on whatever respective platform you're listening to us on if they have a rating system. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Marty and Steve, thank you guys for your time tonight. Good night, guys. Good night. Thank you. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday.